Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tried by Fire, the podcast that has all the people talking. <laughs> well, maybe not all the people, but some people. Um, today, we have quite a, a doozy of, uh, of a podcast to speak about. I'm going to try and go through it as quickly as possible, but uh, I'm, I'm excited, also a little nervous, uh, just about talking about it. So, um, if that interests you, great. Cool. I'm glad you tuned in, and I hope it, it helps you and it keeps you interested. Uh, yeah. Oh, we got a new microphone. Finally. It came in. It's working. It sounds great. It looks great. Hopefully, it feels great. Hopefully, you can hear me more or better. Yeah. That's, that's the hope. That's the plan, anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess... Um, what other news? I mean, I'm a little bit off my game right now because we're starting a little later than we usually do. Um, and so I'm just like a little, like the day is Turn already around. spent and yeah. I'm just tired. <laughs> uh, haven't slept in a few days to add on to it, but. Good sleep. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah. In case you don't know what the pod pack cop lab is at. I'm just that. We're going to talk like that from here on out. Um, in case you don't know what the podcast is about, uh, we just go through some things that uh, we experienced this last week, some topics, things that came into my life or uh, just things that I thought about or have experienced through social media or talking or whatever the case may be. And then I go through my personal Bible study. You get to read or read along with me in my personal Bible study so you get to kind of hear my thoughts behind what we studied uh, this past week. Um, we have, starting Monday, the new devotional for Tried by Fire. We'll start going out to people's inboxes this coming Monday. We'll start going out to people's inboxes. So if you're not signed up, sign up now. Uh, that way you can keep up. Um, but it will be once a week, every Monday, uh, about 1 o'clock. You'll get a brand new devotional right into your email. So you can just open it up and read it. It's a great reminder to keep you reading. It's just a two two minute read at max. It's yeah. really short, easy. Simple. And if you guys are interested in me doing a, a like a podcast version of it, so you guys can follow along or maybe just listen to it without having to read, uh, I can do that. Uh, just let me know if you're interested in that, and I will set that up. Um, also, we're on social medias. If you don't know that already, which you're probably watching this on a social media or listening to this on a social media site, if uh, you're not. Come check us out. We got Facebook, Instagram, the YouTubes. The YouTubes, yep. Yeah. Um, also, working on new pop sockets. I have ordered some. There are delays with the mail. There's a lot of delays with the mail. Um, I was supposed to get this microphone last Saturday, um, but it didn't come till today. Just a few minutes before we started this podcast, actually. So, um, yeah, and then some other stuff. But yeah, it's been quite quite the adventure. Um, yeah, anything else to add before I continue with that? But I'll, I'll display the new pop sockets on, on Facebook and the socials and stuff like that. And uh, I will have them for sale soon. So that's something. Yeah, so let's continue, right? Mm -hmm. Let's continue with the first segment of every single podcast that uh, I try and get into. 
that I think is funny. You guys might not, but I don't care. I find it funny. And some people might find it funny, hopefully. Uh, then I'm calling... Dad Joke of the Day. That's that's the name of the segment. I'm just going to give you a dad joke. Um, here, here it is. My, uh, my daughter came to me and said, Dad, make me a sandwich. So I said, poof, you're a sandwich. Okay. That's the dad joke of the day. I got a little bit of a laugh from you. You don't usually <laughs> laugh at my dad jokes, so that was must have been a pretty good one. Um, well, in case you don't know this, the, the setup of this, I usually start with a, a not-so-serious topic, lead into two serious topics, and then lead out of a not-so-serious topic, and then we go into the Bible study. So, the first thing I want to talk about is everybody's dying to know what would be your only food that you would eat if you had an unlimited supply of it and you were deserted on a stranded island? Chicken. Look at all those chickens. <laughs> I love chicken. Chicken, You can make chicken in so many different ways. It's, it's amazing. But chicken's also very dangerous because if you don't make it correctly, yeah. it could kill you. One of very few meats that will do that, pork included. But chicken. Beef, you don't have to worry about that so much. I mean, it could it, you could get sick from, from eating raw beef. but um, If you're on an island, you don't have to worry about fish because there's fish there. That's not true. Because you only get one food source. And you said chicken. I said chicken. Interesting. You sticking with that? I don't know. I'll, I'll come back. Chicken. <laughs> um, I, you know what? I would probably choose... Hmm. Hot wings. Yeah, you know, I can't, I can't choose that. <laughs> That'd be really thirsty. Um, man. That's a tough one. I think I'd probably choose, um, I'd probably choose a meat of some sort, probably beef. It's just easy. You know, I can make a lot of thing out of, out of things out of steak. I can make ground beef if I wanted to. I can make a lot of things out of chicken. Not really. Yeah. You I got grilled chicken, fried chicken. That's about it. I can make chicken nuggets. <laughs> I can make Which chicken, is fried chicken. Whatever. And I can make, um... A bunch of other things. Well, anyway. Chicken is amazing. Chicken's not that amazing. Yes, it is. It's the best thing ever. <sighs> Agree to disagree. Okay. What would you get <laughs> as your only food source if you were stranded on a an island with only one thing to eat for the rest of your life? Would it be chicken or would it be something better? You tell me. Anyway. Watermelon would be a good one, too. I guess it's a, a sustaining your thirst, I suppose. Lettuce. But that, that wouldn't give you any kind of nutritional value. So, chicken's not a bad... Chicken, I think, is better than watermelon. Yeah. Or chicken and watermelon together, combined. It only said, you only said one. Oh. One food source. Yeah. Man, my computer's getting real hot. Oh. Um, all right, well, let's jump into the more serious topic. <laughs> <laughs> let's just, just bite the bullet. Um, so, I want to talk about... Because of the recent pandemic and the recent things that have been happening lately, um, I find it kind of odd and kind of interesting at the same time, but I find it kind of odd that many Christians don't know how to react. Christians, people of God, people that are supposed to be of God anyway, uh, they, they 
are kind of losing their mind, going off the deep end, doing the wrong things, being irresponsible. And I want to talk a little bit about that um, in the regards to authority, authority figures, people that have authority over you, civil authority in particular. Um, I want to speak about that and what the Bible says about that, how Christians are supposed to react about that. So I'm going to go through this kind of quickly, uh, and you, you can jump in anytime you want to. Um, but these are just some ideas that I've been able to uh, kind of accumulate from some study and uh, from, from uh, a, a Bible plan that I've been using. So, uh, number one, I want us to understand that God is so- sovereign. Is sovereign. <laughs> I almost said sovereign. <laughs> I'm so out of it today. God is sovereign over all authority. Uh, if we read in First Chronicles twenty nine twelve, it says, "Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou reignest over all. In in thine hand is power and might, and in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all." Um, also in Psalms thirty three eight, it says, "Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him." Uh, Colossians one sixteen and seventeen says whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him and he is before all things and by him all things consist in other words the reason that uh, so many are uh, in authority right now over you and over the country is because god is sovereign over authority he puts into position the people that he knows needs to be in those positions then Anything to add to that before I continue on to the second point? Second point, God puts in place and works through governmental structure. This is kind of an important thing to to note. All of these are really important, but this one's really important for Christians to note because I think a lot of people, you know, they want to, you know, they're looking for a revolution. They're looking to stand up against authority. And and, uh, as Christians, we're not here to try and and battle authority. Mm -hmm. If anything... Uh, our war, our battle, is is against uh, principalities, against powers uh, of of uh, spiritual wickedness in high places, and and uh, we tend to to look at uh, uh, authority and and especially as as humanly speaking, fleshly speaking, we look at authority and we want to battle against it, especially if they're inf- inf- infringing upon our our religious rights. So I want it to be understood. God puts in place and works through governmental structure. In John 19, 11, it says, Jesus answered, Thou couldest have no power at all like, against me, except it were given thee from above. And Jesus points out that uh, Pontius Pilate could not do anything against uh, Christ unless God allowed it. Um, in Acts four twenty seven through 28, says, Both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. Romans 13.1 Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. And God is the reason for those powers over you. Anything to add? Point number two. No. Alright, point number three. Moving right along. Christians... <laughs> are called to obey civil authority. We are called to, to respect and uh, admonish those that have the power over us, the rules over us, and uh, we are to obey them. And uh, so when, when we're told to uh, be social distancing, uh, it's a good idea 
for the time being to social distance. Now, there will come a time, and we'll talk about this a little bit in a, in a minute, there will come a time when that is no longer necessary, and, uh, and then it becomes a problem with the churches, especially because people at that point will start uh, trying to just bash the churches, um, and the churches will, will greatly suffer for that. So, uh, But we'll talk about that in a minute. I want you to notice Mark twelve seventeen. And Jesus answering said unto them, Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. And they marveled at him. Uh, so in other words, give to the government the authority that's over you. Give to them what they deserve, and give to God what he deserves. Um, and God and the authority deserves our obedience. Uh, Romans 13.1 says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. Uh, 1 Peter 2.13 says, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be the king as supreme, or unto governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. Uh, so the Bible speaks specifically and, and quite often, and these are just a few verses, about obeying uh, civil authority. Anything to add to that? That's point number three. Number four, Christians are called to pray for those in civil authority. Those that are over mm -hmm. us, we're called to pray for everybody, but uh, for, especially for those that are in charge over us, the, those that are, have authority over us, we should be praying for them. Uh, in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 2, it says, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority. Uh, number five. Anything to add to that before I continue? Number five. When forced to choose between obeying God and man, Christians must obey God. Mm -hmm. Now, the understanding of this is not to say, oh, you know, uh, the authority is making us social distance, so therefore we're, we're, we're supposed to obey God because he says to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. So therefore we get, a, we get an opportunity to fight them. That's not what this verse is speaking about. What this verse is speaking about is if, uh, for instance, the government said it's okay to murder people now. It's still not okay to murder people. Whether the government says it's okay or not, you do not murder people. Uh, social distancing in this era right now, and I'll get to that again in a minute, uh, is just for the time being. It's just for the present, and it's not just to the Christians. So don't flatter yourself. Don't think you're doing a service to God by disobeying civil authority. Next, letter next. What are we on? Five. Uh, when forced to choose between obeying God and man, Christians must obey God. Uh, Acts 5.29. Um, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Obey God rather than men. Uh, number six. Point number six. All human governmental systems will come to an end and Jesus will reign over all. In the end, Jesus is king. He is the ruler of everything. In Isaiah 9, 6, it says, And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And then if you skip down to verse 7, it says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with his justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Hebrews 1, 2, Hath in these last days spoken unto unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. Revelation 19.15 And out of his mouth goeth the sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them. 
pretty straightforward. So if you are a Christian and you're confused about how to react to the authority that is over you, there you have it. That's the Bible, and that's the short version of it, really. But that is the Bible uh, description of how to treat authority, especially during this time. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I feel, I feel the same. I think we should be submissive under those who have the rule over us. You know? Not just submissive, uh, but understanding. Yeah. Uh, don't don't take it as a as a way of saying oh well you know we're just gonna have to do whatever the government tells us then uh, yeah. no 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 we, we we should ask questions and we should seek God's guidance yeah, through all of, of it of course um, and so these are just these are just examples and and Bible verses to help you know how to respond during this time now the second or the third rather topic that I'm going to speak about um, is in regards to this uh, was was it I'm sorry remember that leadership conference. Um, you could take my water, or maybe I have it wrong. You can take my well, but you can't take my water digging shovel. I don't remember what it said. Yeah, I remember water, what you're saying. Yeah. They they could take they could take everything, you know, but in reality, they can't take Christ from you if you're a true Christian. So. Yeah, so. All in all, in the end. Yeah. Uh, God has rule of everything. Yeah. Even if uh, even if the government and, and people here took everything from you, God still has reign. Yeah. You can't take what God has uh, given you. Yeah. Um, I want to speak about the length of the pandemic and uh, what's happening with the churches. Um, because, I mean, it rules really from the last topic we just spoke about in, in regards to obe- obeying authority. Um there will come a point, I think, and you can correct me if, if you think this is uh, out of line or wrong, but I think there will come a point when this will go on so long um, that people will just not, I mean, it's already started, but people will just not do it, you know? And um, there's, there's some proper mindset in that, but there's also some really bad decisions in that. I think... To do or to to uh, jump the gun on this, so to speak, and just to go out and start everything up and be like, you know, I got to get this and I got to do this and we got to get this economy rolling. You're not going to save anybody's life. You're going to ruin more people's lives than you're saving. So uh, my suggestion or my uh, my thoughts behind it anyway is to wait to see those numbers start decreasing. <laughs> I mean, why is it so much of a problem? to wait to see the coronavirus infections and deaths start decreasing. Right now, we're at the peak of it. Like, it's, it's, it's just climbing. And it's going to start climbing more if people are stupid and go out and ignore this, the obedience or ignore the government obedience that they're supposed to be having in a godly manner. If you're, if you're ignoring what the government has, has sanctioned us to do in regards to... Uh, just the quarantine and, and, and social distancing, um, and you're just doing whatever you want to in, in whatever way you want to, um, you're going to cause more problems, more harm than you are good. Um, and again, it goes, it's anti-biblical. I, I mean, I, I just gave you uh, how many, 10 Bible verses at the very least about how we should be obeying. But there will come a time when those numbers start dropping and there will be businesses opening. And I I think, and I don't know for sure, but I think that the churches will suffer from that. And the reason being is because the businesses will open, 
but it gives them an opportunity to say, well, no, 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 keep churches closed. I think so. Keep churches closed because the churches, the churches is where, uh, you know, all of these people are going to stand real close together. And that's where, that's where the problems are going to come in. And when that happens, then, then it's a time to start sticking up for your, your, uh, your rights and for God. Uh, but right now, uh, God is in control. He's in authority and he's given us authority over us. And while everyone is suffering along with the church, uh, it is not a time to start, uh, uh, overthrowing authority that God has given you. Anything to add? All right. Well, I mean, I was expecting a little bit more of, you know, like context or something from you, but sorry. Um, so far I've gotten my money's worth out of that microphone. I'm sorry. <laughs> Last topic before I get into the Bible study. Did you know? Did I know what? That duck quacks don't echo yeah i knew that you didn't know that because they do echo they don't oh scared me (laughs) (laughs) i I was uh lucky enough to be looking at you when it happened so i saw it happen so no they do echo Mm -hmm. they just echo out of such a small pitch frequency that you can't hear it with your ears but they don't echo isn't that weird like if you're in a, a canal, in a boat or something, you can talk and your speech would echo off the mountains, but if a duck came by and, and quacked, you wouldn't hear that. Or even multiple ducks, you wouldn't hear that. Isn't that weird? Yeah. You talked about that in an Aflac commercial. Yeah. That's the only reason why I know. You, you learn your... your yeah. Science from Aflac commercials. <laughs> I'm sure I learned it in school somehow, but I didn't learn it in school. I don't know how I learned it. Anyway, you learned it through Aflac. I didn't learn it through <laughs> Aflac. All right. Well, let's continue on to our Bible study. I want to give the uh, song of the week, which is "More Heart, Less Attack" by Need to Breathe. If you have not heard anything from Need to Breathe, I s- highly suggest any of it really good band um they're christian band but they're played in in secular media more than christian media um they are played in christian media sometimes but for the most part they are on you know just regular radio mainstream they're the ones who sing clear right Mm -hmm. i like that song they sing quite a few songs um so yeah check them out um but this this week more heartless attack was just the one that that just I don't know, just just spoke to me. It's just a good song, a good acoustic song to listen to. Um, and then the book that I'm going to give you guys is Anyone But Me by Ray Comfort. I've been reading it. Um, I've been part of the, uh, um, what is it, the launch team. You get the book early, you kind of get to edit it and give your thoughts and opinions on it and then share it and try and get it the word out there. Um, and they sent me a book. Uh, they sent me a, an early release copy of this book, and I've been reading it. It's really good. Uh, from what I've been reading, it's good for Christians and non-Christians, mostly for Christians. But you could read it if you're not a Christian either, and you could read it and uh, uh, learn something from it. Um, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Let's, uh, let's get into the Bible study. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, this week we've read from Isaiah 7, Matthew 1, Ephesians 1, and Psalm 76, 
books. So if you want to pause the podcast or the video and go to those Bible uh, chapters, you can do that. Or if you want to just listen in and hear me talk about some of the verses. Um, These are just a small portion of the verses. I try and pick two. I have a lot, but I I just try and pick two from each uh, chapter or book. And so this is what I got. Isaiah 7. Chapter 7, verse 11? It says chapter 2, but I think, it's, I think it's chapter 7, verse 11. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is uh, Ramaliah. And I'm not, I don't know these names like verbatim. I don't speak this language. Uh, I mean, I speak English, but this, <laughs> the, the names here are not English names. They're, They're just translated into English. Uh, Rem, Ramaliah's, I, I guess, son. If ye will not believe, surely ye shall not be established. A great many per personal conflict could be cleared up with these words. If ye will not believe, surely ye shall not be established. How sad that many fail to stand because of their lack of faith that God is able. Someone once said, if you don't stand for something, you will fall for everything. If you don't stand for something. And then in verse 7, I mean in chapter 7, verse 12, it says, But Ahaz said, I will not ask, neither will I tempt the Lord. He said, in other words, I'm not going to pray to God. I'm not going to say anything to God. I'm not going to tempt him. So is this not the same thoughts of Christians today? I won't tempt the Lord, we think. Could, how could, uh, could God, God could not possibly be bothered with our problems. There are obviously deeper issues he needs to deal with. My question to you is, why are you limiting God? If he truly is God, then you must believe he can take care of both problems at the same time. I won't tempt God. I think you tempt God by not asking. That's just my opinion. My entry on that is how sad it is that there are people, even Christians, who are opposed to going to God for situations, whether good or bad. Many don't believe in God, not because they don't believe in a creator. You would have to be extremely foolish to see creation and not believe something created it, but because they don't believe God cares. They don't believe in the God of the Bible, the one who says he would never leave us nor forsake us, the one who wrote the words of everlasting life. Why would the God that could speak the universe into existence not be able to speak to your prayers? Lack of faith. Lack of, of faith, but they see all of the problems in the world and they think, there can't be a God. Why would he, loving, good God, allow all these problems to happen? Well, God is good. Yeah. We are not. He's given us free will, and because of that, we are dumb. <laughs> we go against him. Uh, it's our sin-sick nature. So, yeah. Matthew 1. Matthew one seventeen. It says, So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, and from David unto the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations, and from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. And you're thinking... This, how, why? (laughs) This doesn't sound like a verse that you can really say anything about, but I have something to say about it. Um, In fact, this is a good food for thought for you Christians out there that are listening and have never really looked at this before. I'll give you an an area where you can actually look at this. Mm -hmm. There's an interesting mix-up here. I count 14 generations from Abraham to David. So that's correct. 14 from Solomon to Jeconiah which is the carrying away into Babylon, so that's correct. But only 13 from Shealtiel 
to Jesus. So from the carrying away of Babylon to Jesus, there's only 13 generations. So was Matthew's math wrong? Has the tax collector lied? Obviously not, for this is the word of God. The proof of error, I have to believe, is in the translation, not the author. This must be the lineage account through Mary, not Joseph. The lineage account of Joseph must be through the book of Luke. For if this is the lineage account of Mary and her father's name was Joseph, that would make 14 generations, ensuring Matthews, the tax collector, who was no doubt extremely good at counting, make his count correct. Food for thought. Go ahead. Open up your, your books to Matthew 1 and count them. It's 14, 14, 13. But he says that it's 14, 14, 14. And it's not, that's not true by the translation that we have. So, And that's in every modern English translation, KJV, ESV, NIV, whatever V version you want to use. Um, it's, just, it's just the way it shows it. Just kind of interesting. Do some digging on that. Matthew 1, verse 20, it says, But while he thought on these things, speaking about Joseph, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So Joseph was having some doubts about marrying Mary. Mary. Uh, said, God gives life. This was to be the life of his only son, but it was a life nevertheless. And all too often in this era, men run away from the responsibility to raise a child. Mm -hmm. Joseph, of course, was in a different situation, but he allowed his foolish self-image to get in the way of possibly raising a boy that could be the son of God. And God reassured him, though. And God always reassures us when we are about to make a big mistake. Yeah. He's always there to reassure us. The entry for this was, uh, what a different story this may have been if Joseph did not choose to marry Mary. <laughs> but God had already known Joseph's choice, and he already knew how to get his attention. He had it all orchestrated so that this woman would give birth to the Savior. Mm -hmm. I found it all too interesting that in verse 23 of this chapter, is directly, it directly quotes from Isaiah 7. The chapter I just read a moment ago. I don't find coincidences while studying scripture. God has things prepared for the reader for a reason. And I pray about my Bible study plans, but don't plan them myself, really. I just read something from the Old Testament in the morning and something from the New Testament in the evening. God must really want me to think on the birth of Christ. And shouldn't we all? The birth of Christ should not be a one-time-of-year occasion. Right. If you are saving your sermons on Christ's birth for Christmas alone, you are doing a great disservice to your congregation and to your own personal walk. If we're not thinking about the birth of Christ often, uh, you are just really hurting yourself. Anything to add to that? I found it interesting. One time, I, I, I uh, was like, I don't know, in the middle of the year, I did a sermon on uh, Luke and uh, I forget how it went, um, but it, it could have been regarded, I suppose, as a Christmas message. But it was about, the, you know, Jesus as a baby. And uh, I was kind of made fun of because I was speaking about, like, a Christmas-esque story um, in the middle of the year. But it's like... I don't remember that. But it's like, I have the, the notes still. Yeah. But it's like, well, I mean, why not? Shouldn't yeah. every day for the Christian be Christmas? She should always remember. Should always be Easter as well. Yep. Anyway, moving on. Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1, verse 2. It says, Grace be to you and peace from God our Father 
and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, Paul wrote numerous times to churches encouraging them in his intros. People of God should encourage other ministries, though they may not be a part of your own church. How sad that many churches attack other churches and call it Christian. And this is too true today. Too many churches attack other churches just because they're not in their social circle. It's not even because they're preaching false doctrine, although they'll say, oh, yeah, they're preaching false doctrine. And, uh, but they won't have any proof of that. They just don't like having competition, which the Christian faith is not a competition. <laughs> I, hope you, I hope you don't treat it as such. It's not about the many amount of people you have in your pews or in your chairs. It's about sharing the gospel. We think of it, I think a lot of pastors think of it as this is my territory type of thing. You know, you're, you're invading into my territory. You're stealing my people type of mentality. It's but it's not your people and it's not your territory. And if it is your territory, then God's not going to grow the church yep. because it needs to be God's territory. Mm-hmm. Verse 23. You are the under shepherd, not the shepherd. Like, yeah. Yeah. You, you don't, you, all you do is just help the shepherd. <laughs> that's that's really all you do is help the shepherd or you should be if you're not doing that then he doesn't need the help but no but i mean it, i know it's to... i know god god has trusted people to watch over his flock so yeah ephesians 1:23 says which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all i said if the church is his body how can any pastor be comfortable mistreating it Yep. That's all I have to say about that. That <laughs> uh, my entry for this this book is Paul knew how to start letters. He was very helpful and Christ-like in his writings towards churches, even churches that were not doing so well. He showed genuine care and compassion for the churches to get going in the right direction, giving support and direction. You don't see that sadly in the churches today. It's usually a fight for territory and a fight to always be right among the leaders, and never a learning and growing opportunity. Leaders that neglect to teach with love and the goal to help others grow stronger are failing in their leadership. Yeah. If you're, if you're a leader and you're just trying to hurt people, <laughs> you're just trying to make people's lives miserable, uh, or you're, you're not even trying, but you're doing that, uh, you are failing in your leadership. You need to get that checked. Uh, Christ never did that. Not, not, I mean, I've read the Bible several times, and I, I don't, I've never read that side of Christ. So maybe I'm missing it. I don't know. You tell me. How, how terrible of a person was Christ in the Bible? You show me where he was terrible. He was putting people down. And then I'll agree with you. Psalm 76. Psalm 76, verse 4, says, Thou art more glorious and excellent than the mountains of prey. So if you cannot stand in awe of God every day, you are not praying in the right way. That's a rhyme. <laughs> it helps you memorize it a little bit better. Good. Psalm 76, verse 11. Vow and pay unto the Lord your God. Let all that be round about him bring presents unto him that ought to be feared. Uh, the best present you can give to the Lord is accepting his gift to you. Yep. There is... No better present that you can give. My entry to this was, This psalm is a great reminder to continually seek the awe and reverence the Lord deserves daily. He has ultimate authority, and he knows every aspect of every situation. In the end, his will 
will be joyous to us, even if it means we go through some trials. Some may see trials and ask God why, but that should never keep you from trusting and seeing the awesomeness of God. If you see a trial and it, and it brings the joy out of your ministry, um, then you need to step back from your ministry. That's what I think. Step back, recalibrate, find that joy, then get back into ministry. Until then, you are just hurting people, really. Without the joy of God and without the joy of service for others, uh, all you're doing is tearing people down. And that's sad. And you, I, you shouldn't be calling yourself a pastor if that's, if that's what you're doing. Anything to add? It's not just pastors. I mean, it's anybody, anybody in the ministry or, you know. Yeah, but the pastors are the ones that, that get the attention of the people more than, than anyone else. You only have to deal with your Sunday school teacher for an hour. You have to deal with your pastor for a lifetime. <laughs> so, I'm just saying. Uh, your pastor, at least you're supposed to have to deal with your pastor for a lifetime. If you don't have to pe- uh, deal with your pastor for a lifetime, there's either something wrong with you or there's something wrong with your pastor. Anything to add? No. Well, that's it. Uh, we, we, we're a little bit shorter today than usual, and considering how tired I am and how uh, mellow everything has kind of been today, that's We're not really that shorter, problem. maybe five minutes. Whatever. It's short enough. <laughs> if you uh, have any questions, comments, or if you want to just uh, tell me what, what stuck out to you, what you learned from this, maybe something encouraged you, or maybe you want to answer some of the questions that I asked above about maybe you didn't know that duck quacks don't echo or maybe you want to tell me what uh what food you would eat if you were stranded on a deserted island or maybe you want to tell me how you've been treating uh, authority during this coronavirus time you can submit your favorite dad joke it could be said that doesn't ideas. necessarily mean i'm going to use it i get to decide what's funny and Whatever. not funny because <laughs> i'm the submit, dad submit your ideas comments whatever and yeah yeah stuff yep oh and sign up for the devotional that's starting next monday so sign up i have quite a few people already signed up but if you're if you're listening to this or or watching this and you have not signed up do it now that way it's done and you can you can get involved with it Mm -hmm. right off the bat okay you could also listen to a very very um important message it's on instagram and it has the face of a little rat or a mouse, I should say. Click that video. Yeah, yeah, and very important. The mouse, talking mouse. Yes. Yeah, I had to train it. It was it was quite difficult, but yes. But we got it done. It got the cheese, and it was it was fine. Did, right? No, no there's there's no, no cheese. No, che- no cheese. Oh. No, no cheese. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for listening. All right. Bye. <laughs>